0: hey everybody this is hunter howard i'm the lead pastor of encounter church here at encounter church our vision is helping people encounter god and that's what i pray and hope for you today that you will encounter god through this message enjoy today it's my privilege to share another message from god's wonderful word and as usual pastor liz already mentioned it but um always in your bible app how many of you have the bible app on your phone or your tablet if you don't have it get it but on your bible app if you go to the events section you find encounter church you can always follow along the service there's announcements there there's a sermon outline uh and if you prefer it uh pen and paper style there's a printed version of the outline back there uh in the the, the preaching box so go grab one if you will uh and this morning you know it's a uh, 11 and a half months in to 2021 and we have had a year we've had a great year here at encounter church our theme has been multiply and by now uh, if you've been around for a while you have memorized Acts chapter 6 verse 7 before they even put it on the screen what does Acts 6 7 say then now with it on the screen altogether, together then the word of god spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly acts six seven and we've been learning all year that the way that disciples multiply is through the spreading of what the word of god the words of god it uh sort of sounds like uh that next year we're going to see some more multiplication because all together we're going to read every word of God, right? Every word of God, but not just, let's all read the Bible. let's read every word of God together at the same time. Uh, uh, Liz said, if you're, you know, if you're already in a Bible plan, which I, I know many of you are, many of you have been reading through the Bible this year, and you're right in the middle of one, you know, speed up and try to finish before the end of the year. or If not, break and start over with the one-year Bible so that we can all read it together. Can you imagine the conversations that are going to come from that? It's going to be really, really good. Our discipleship groups are going to go to the next level with that. And, uh, you know, this year we have been reading every word of Mark, the gospel of Mark, right? Because what is it that multiplies the culture of Jesus? You guys are getting it because instead of just repeating everything like normal I'm asking you questions and you know the answers it's been a year right our slogan in 2021 is to multiply the right and we made a promise at the beginning of the year that in 2021 we would read through every chapter every verse of the Gospel of Mark, right? Anybody know how many chapters are in Mark? 16. 16. How many have we done so far? Fifteen. Last Sunday we finished 15. All my mathematicians out there, how many chapters does that leave? One left to go. But for the next two Sundays, today and next Sunday, we're going to pause, okay, to focus on Christmas. The Holy Spirit's given us some really powerful messages around this Christmas season. But as promised, the last Sunday of the year, December 26th, we shall finish the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 16. So don't stay at home and stay asleep the day after Christmas because you ate too much, okay? Be sure to plan to be here on December 26th because we're going to finish the last chapter of Mark and we're actually going to have a pretty special guest here to help us with that last chapter, all right? So pause on that today and next Sunday, we wanna focus on what God is speaking to us about Christmas. The title of today's message is With Us, With Us. Come on, could you say, God God is is. with us. us. I want you to say, God God is is with me i turn to somebody and say, God is with you. Today, we're going to take uh, a brief journey through the Bible to learn about God's heart, his purpose and his plan, his call to, for us to be with him and how he is with us. And we first have to understand and believe, okay, this is God's heart. God's purpose and God's call is nearness. It's not a word we really use too often, but it's a very... Powerful word, nearness. God's, listen, God's heart towards you, his purpose for you, and his call or his invitation to you is nearness. Come on, say nearness. He made us to be with us it's why he made us what is love without someone to love what is a heart without another heart to share it with And see, the Bible says, and we see throughout God's word and throughout history that God is love. He made us to be with us. Not with us from a distance, but with us in a very near, close way. And in reality, what we celebrate at Christmas time and I know some of you are th- saying, Jesus wasn't really born in December. I know that. I'm very aware of that. It's March or April, okay? And if you think you know exactly when, you don't, okay? You, you don't. No, that has not been able to be pinpointed 100%. But we do celebrate in December the fact that God came to be with us now, over the past month, um, Liz and I have been having some conversations about this about this is more powerful than we often really understand, because a lot of people say we say it all the time, God is with us right and but That's more than just a nice cliche. It is a reality that we're often not very aware of. And we really believe that this Christmas, that is what God is saying, what God is doing. He's extending an invitation to draw near to him. So I'm going to ask if, if Pastor Liz would join me here again for another few minutes, and she's going to share briefly the revelation God's been giving her about this God-is-with-us nearness.
1: Yes, I was um, sharing with Hunter like a month or a month and a half ago. Um, I'm about to finish, you know, my one-year, maybe one-year, one-and-a-half-year Bible <laughs> reading plan, and the... Um, The Holy Spirit has been highlighting the same thing in the couple, in the last couple of months. And he's been telling me, you know, since the beginning, my goal was to be close to you. Since the beginning, my, that was the whole purpose of creation, to be with you, to have a relationship with you. And even as I read in the prophets and everything, even, you know, just reading about Abraham and Jacob, Jacob's revelation is God is here. And the, the way that God always spoke to Abraham, the promise was, I'm going with you. I'm, I'll promise I'll be there. I'm going with you. So it was more important that he was going with them instead of where are we going. Yes. Does that make sense? God never showed up the plan and said, this is the plan that's going to happen. All he had to say is, I am here. I am with you. Wow. And they never knew. But God was with them. And even reading Ezekiel and all this, sometimes a little weird books for me. At the end, you know, finishing this book is like, and this is going to be the new temple, and it's going to be called God is There. And so through all of this, I'm seeing God wants to be with me. He has always wanted to be with me. And he wants to be with you. But... It has to be a, a revelation like we know that god is everywhere doesn't it make sense and we know that god is here but is he with you are you aware so i was telling hunter that i've been feeling in my heart that this christmas god is putting in my heart to tell our church this christmas and this is a, a christmas message for you god wants you to know that this christmas you are invited to come closer to him, like a lot closer, a lot closer, even closer, maybe you, you, maybe you're like, well, I already know God, I already know him, well, there's an invitation that has your name for you to come even closer to him, because the whole purpose of Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us, Emmanuel, God with me so now if you think about it if i would really be aware that he is with me so close to me and not only that I am trying to be close to him, but he is the one that already came close to me. He is the one that initiated to be close to me and that I am super, super welcome and invited to come closer to him. Then fear has no place in my life. Then anxiety has no place to dwell in my life. Now hardships are going to look a lot different because I'm not saying we're not going to experience fear anxiety and hardship and disappointment and loss but it's a whole lot different when he is with me and when he is with me and i don't know how the future is gonna unfold i know that i am gonna be okay because god almighty the one that created the heavens the one that created this world for us the one that's been with Abraham and Jacob, the one that saved my life, is with me. Yes. The church, I feel how God's heart toward you is telling you this. If you were, this is what God is saying to us this morning. If you were as determined to be aware of where I am in your life every day every moment as you are determined to figure out your life plan some of us are so determined what am I going to do what am I supposed to do what is my next move what is my next business what is my next decision when is my next purpose and calling and we are putting all our energy trying to figure out the journey and how is it going to look and the money and the things that we need and then we ended up empty but God says, listen, my church will have the same determination just to be aware of where I am in their lives. Because what I see in the Bible that only matters for the great men of God that, 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 that set up all of this for us here right now was I am with you. So I just been really, really in pursuit of why I'm not aware because sometimes I'll feel lonely, you know? Sometimes I feel defeated. Sometimes I feel discouraged. So, this is what the Holy Spirit is teaching me be aware. Senses, where are you? What's your focus? And so, this Christmas, you are invited, but I want to just finish with this. Have you ever not been invited to a party? I've been there. Everybody was invited except you. And it doesn't get old, but it sucks, right? I mean, we get mature with the years, and we don't like block people from social media <laughs> and things like that, or get angry or bitter. But it's always a sucking feeling when, you were in, when they, all your friends were invited, but not you, where all the moms were invited, but not you, where all the married couples were invited. You know, there are many categories. Sorry if I'm like making your heart uncomfortable, but I want to make it uncomfortable so you get tender, because our hearts are so hard. And so, this is also that I heard um, Jesus and God the Father telling me, my church, my people, acts like they're uninvited. Rejected. Ashamed. They don't come close. Because when you feel uninvited, you avoid it. You know, like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. I didn't invite me. And, and, And he's saying... Stop what the Father is saying. I don't want my children to feel uninvited because they're acting like they're uninvited when it comes to my presence, when it comes to me. I want them to know, and I want you to know today, this is for you, you are invited. This Christmas, this Christmas is a symbol. It's it's a proof. It's It's a sign that he did everything he could to show you that he is with you.
0: God's original uh, plan and purpose in creation was this. And it always will be. We're going to see here in just a minute how this all got messed up, but God's plan always was and is and always will be nearness to be with us. So what I want us to do today, I by no means pretend that I can cover everything in the Bible in the next 20 minutes or so, but what we are going to do is take a, a, a little journey uh, through the Bible, from beginning to end, to see, some of you started to get nervous, Ooh, we're going to be here a long time, no, not too long, okay, to see God's heart and plan, okay, are we ready? Yeah. Are you ready to go with this? Let's start in Eden, the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3 happens after God obviously creates the universe, the heavens, the earth, everything in it. And God creates human beings in his image, right? He made us in his image to be like him to relate to us and for us to relate to him. And we know that God created man and woman. Um, The name Adam means man, right? And Eve is taken from man, woman. And we have this beautiful imagery of nearness, okay? Genesis 3 verse 8 says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. And this is, listen, this is very important, okay? There is imagery in Genesis, in Genesis, uh, the beginning of, of, of Genesis 1, 2, and 3, there's imagery of intimate fellowship. Why do I say this? Because it says that the man and the woman were naked and they didn't even know it. See, nakedness for them was nothing. It actually was not a thing <laughs> because clothes didn't exist. <laughs> and it was it was an absolute nearness and closeness, closeness not only with each other but with God there was no barrier there was no barrier between there was nothing to separate man and woman from each other or from God right do we see this it it, it wasn't until sin that clothes were brought into the picture It's, it was, there was an extreme nearness, yes, between Adam and Eve, but between them and God, nothing to block, nothing, no barrier, nothing between them, not even clothes, and it was, it was normal, it was absolutely normal. In fact, if they would have covered up, it would have been like, what's going on? In fact, when they did try to cover up, it was, what's going on? Because there was total nearness. And God, listen, God literab- literally, almighty God, okay, literally, tangibly, physically lived with them in the garden. It says he was walking among them. He would visit them. They talked to him face to face. And in Genesis 3, what we read here, if you continue to read, God was actually in the garden as usual, but he was looking for them because something had happened. Now, it isn't that God didn't know where they were. God knew where they were, (laughs) But we we have this in the word, this vivid imagery of what had happened. What had happened was that they had lost their nearness. Because they had disobeyed him. Because God had told them that they could eat from every tree in the garden except from the one tree that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he told them that if you eat from this tree... Right? If you take into your own hands the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. I know you will die. And in reality, they had already died spiritually, they had lost their intimate near connection because now we see God walking through the garden looking for Adam and Eve. Where were they? Do you remember? They were trying to hide. They were trying to hide. See, disobedience, and what, what do we call disobedience to, to, to God? Sin interrupted their close fellowship. Sin ended their nakedness before God. Sin caused them to put a barrier between God and themselves the first thing they did when they sinned is that they withdrew from closeness with God God did not try to hide from them they tried to hide from God They were ashamed and afraid and unsuccessfully tried to hide. But even then, even then, from the very beginning, God had a plan already to restore the nearness that they had interrupted. Their great idea was fig leaves. (laughs) What was God's idea to clothe them? The skins of an animal that he had to kill, sacrifice, blood, death. Jesus was already there. God's plan through Christ was already at work from the beginning. The lamb who was slain from before the foundation of time right God's plan to restore near us to nearness to him was already at work and God killed an animal and accepted that animal's death and put the skin on uh, the, the, the skin as clothes on Adam and Eve right to cover them and it was a representation the clothes the skin it was a representation that nearness had been lost That total intimacy and closeness had been interrupted. Come on, somebody say interrupted. Interrupted. Because it was interrupted. It was not a permanent loss. And God begins from the Garden of Eden to show how his heart remained the same. Nearness with us. He wanted to be with us. The plan, his plan to be with us was interrupted, but it was not canceled. It wasn't over. Now, fast forward. We know that the world goes wild. And God actually says, I need to start this over because it's totally out of control. We get to Noah, the ark, restart, boom, right? We, we, We get the restart through Noah. Then fast forward, we get to the time. Of Job, we get to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and, and Pastor Liz just said, what did God constantly say to them? I will be with you, right? His heart. We get to Joseph, who's who, who sold as a, uh, uh, in, into Egypt, right? Um, as a slave. And then the famine happens and all of Jacob's family comes to Egypt and how long did they spend there how long did they spend there 400 years did you know Egypt is also a type is a biblical type of being far away that's what it means to, for them to be in Egypt was to be far away it was to be separated from Canaan it was to be separated from the place God had promised them right to be with him he, he promised Abraham I'm gonna give you Canaan right But for 400 years, they weren't close anymore. They were distant. They were separated, okay? And so Joseph ends up there, and then something wonderful happens. After 400 years, their slaves and their oppressors are extra oppressive, but God sees their misery and comes near, right? And what does he do? Who does he send? Moses he sends Moses into Egypt and then through a series of plagues and signs and wonders and miracles and all this God delivers his people Israel out of Egypt and says now it's time to go back to where I promised you to the the promised land to Canaan right and then there now but before they get there they have to go through the wilderness they have to go through the wilderness and it's in the wilderness this is so amazing y'all it's in the wilderness that we are introduced to this idea of a tabernacle everybody say tabernacle. tabernacle okay so God instructs Moses to build this tent big tent called a tabernacle okay And look what it says. Now we're, so we started in Eden. Now we're at the tabernacle. This is Exodus chapter 29. It says, these burnt offerings are made, are to be made each day from generation to generation. Offer them in the Lord's presence at the tabernacle entrance. There I will meet with you and speak with you. He's talking to Moses, okay? I will meet the people of Israel there where where where's there at the tabernacle right in the place made holy by my glorious presence yes I will consecrate the tabernacle and the altar and I will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. then I will live among the people of Israel and be their God and they will know that I'm the Lord their God I'm the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I could live among them. I'm the Lord their God. Now, as if it weren't enough that they had a visible cloud that turned into fire at night to lead them, right? Now, God says, I I want you to build this thing, this tent, and I'm going to accept it as a place where I will meet with you and speak to you. And wherever wherever you go, this was the instructions, wherever you go, wherever you travel, every time you get to a new place, you have to set up the Tabernacle. tabernacle. Why? Because it's through the tabernacle that I'm going to live among you. Now, we learned about this last week, last Sunday a little bit, about the tabernacle that became the temple and the veil and all of that. I'll talk a little bit more about it again, but the tabernacle, the whole point of the tabernacle was to have an acceptable place to worship God the right way so that he could be near to them. Then we fast forward. Well, let, let me just tell you what tabernacle means. I already told you tent, but the, the tabernacle is actually a noun and it's used in kind of a verb sort of way too. So tabernacle is a, is a dwelling, okay? It's a it's a it's a a dwelling place among others. Right? Yes, yes. but it's movable, okay? it's portable okay like a tent right it it was also called the tent of meeting right but the verb to tabernacle liz laughed when i said this to tabernacle did you know it could be a verb too to tabernacle means to come and dwell among others to come and live with somebody else okay, to tabernacle, to live with, to dwell among. And then God, God allows something pretty doggone amazing because he finds this young shepherd tending the sheep and he sees in him a man that's after his own heart. Anybody know who we're talking about? David, David right? He becomes the second king of Israel because the first king of Israel is rejected by God because Saul's heart is not towards God. But David's heart is towards God. And we have this amazing book called Psalms. And the majority of the Psalms are David's nearness to God expressed through songs and prayer. And and we, we, we read about David as being alone in the wilderness taking care of the sheep, playing just the sheeps, the sheep, playing his harp. So David's worship isn't just sacrifices of animals and traditions and festivals and all the things that become the worship, right? Of the people of Israel. David's worship becomes personal. It's a thing of the heart. And David, God loves David's worship. In fact, the reason we have praise and worship music, it's all cause of that dude. God loved David's worship. And But David, there was an issue with David, and that is because of the time he lived in, he had to fight lots of wars. So he had shed a lot of blood. And David asked God for, the, for permission. Because now, see, now... We fast forwarded in time and now they're no longer traveling from place to place in the wilderness but now we know that joshua has happened and they come into the promised land and now they possess the whole land right and and all the 12 tribes have their their their, their allotment of land and they're the nation of israel and 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 now david right is the king over israel and so he, he's like the, the ark, a lot of things had happened with the tabernacle and the ark, and we don't have time to get into all that. But he says, we need to bring the ark of the covenant, which was in the, in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. We need to bring it and make a permanent home for it. So that it doesn't move around from place to place all the time. But God, would you let me build you a house instead of a tent, a house where you can dwell among us and God says yes I will but because of all the blood on your hands I'm gonna give you all the plans for it but your son Solomon is gonna be the one to build it okay because David was a man of war Solomon was a man of peace what happens when there's nearness To God. Peace. He's the prince of peace. He wasn't going to allow, not because he didn't like David. David was kind of his faith, okay? But because of war, he said, No, I'm gonna give you the whole plan, but Solomon is gonna come and he's gonna be, there's gonna be peace all around. And I'm going to allow him to build my house. Okay? Which becomes known as the, now we're in number three, the temple. temple. Everybody all right? So this is crazy. God allowed Solomon to build him a permanent house. (laughs) A resting place. Home. And when he did. Had finished the temple. I want us to take a look. At this interaction. The temple is built. Solomon's ready to dedicate it. And we have this conversation. This interaction between King Solomon and God. This is. This is. Solomon's request and God's answer about his temple. Second Chronicles 6. This is King Solomon's prayer. But will God really live on earth among people? <laughs> Why even the highest heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple. And I think... He's, he, 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 it was probably something like this. Even the highest heavens can't contain you. How much less this itty bitty tiny little temple that I've built? Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and my plea, O Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you. May you watch over this temple day and night, the place where you've said you'd put your name. May you always hear the prayers I make towards this place. Want to hear God's answer? Next chapter, Second Chronicles 7, 11. So Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temp- this house, this temple, this home. <laughs> and set it apart to be holy. A place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it for it is dear to my heart. There was something about this temple that was extra special to God. And it was more about David than about Solomon. Solomon built it, but it was because of David. It was because David discovered a key to nearness with God, and that's praise and worship. Praise and worship and prayer. And God allowed David's temple or Solomon's temple to become a place of praise and prayer for the people of Israel. I don't have time to get into it, but they had a big band <laughs> and a big choir. And it was constant Singing and music, constant praise. And it was very, very, very dear to God's heart because, you ready? This was a step closer. This was another step closer, another step nearer to God in his heart. But it still wasn't everything God's heart intended. He prays and worship can draw us near. But God wants to be even nearer than that. And the prophets have already been telling us some. But then it just starts going crazy. God starts to begin to really reveal this is what I'm really going to do to be with you. See, sin prevented us from coming close. Even worship, even worship. When you read the Old Testament, even worship. God accepted it because of the sacrifices, because of the blood. But it still wasn't intimate. It still wasn't close. It still wasn't near. And sin would not allow us to come close. So, he took the ultimate step of coming close to us. Closer than close, actually. He became one of us. <laughs> we call him the Messiah or Christ. The anointed one. Isaiah 9, 1 and 2. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humble, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And for those who live in a land of deep darkness... A light will shine, for a child is born to us. Come on, say, to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Who will? Who will? The child, right? Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. (laughs) Y'all, when God is passionate about something, it's gonna happen, okay? The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies, his passionate commitment to restore us back to himself, We could never do what it took to make it happen. So he said, I'm going to step in and I myself am going to make it happen. Isaiah 714 says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. When was Isaiah written? Anybody know? 700-ish BC. Before Christ, right? Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, Emmanuel, which means God is with us, literally. (laughs) This is not imagery, this is not figurative, this is not symbolic. Listen, the tabernacle was symbolic, the temple was symbolic. Okay, the sacrifices were all symbolic. They were a foreshadow of what was to come. But when Emmanuel came, it was literally God stepping into humanity with us. One of us. Matthew one twenty three says exactly the same thing is Isaiah 7, 14. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God, God right? I don't have time to get into it, but we're gonna get more into it next Sunday. When it says the word, it's actually There's action to it. It's, it. The word, word is actually verb. Verb. The verb of God. Okay? The verb. Okay? We'll, we'll, we'll do more of that next Sunday. All right. But the word was God. So, verse 14, the word or the verb became human and made his what? Home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Listen, we ready? Jesus came and tabernacled with us. The only way to be 100% with us was to take on a human tent Because inside of this is where we live, right? Yeah. This is not you. Well, it's part of you. <laughs> it's part of you, right? Your body is you. Your voice is you. Your thoughts are you. Every, all, it's all you. But to live on this earth, we have to have this tent, right? Yeah. This tabernacle. It's a portable tent, right? That's what our bodies are. And when it says in John chapter 1 verse 14 that the word became human or literally what it means, the the, the Hebrew expresses it like this. God took on human flesh. He put it on. Or he came to live inside a human tent, a tabernacle. And made his home among us god that's what we call him god incarnate or god in the flesh jesus is later on is expressed as the visible image of the invisible god or another verse says he is the expressed image of the father that's why we call him everlasting father Yeah? So Jesus, God Himself came, but it didn't stop there. And Jesus came and He went to the cross. And last week, you know, we learned that when He died on the cross in the still symbolic temple, what was torn, the veil, that barrier that represented the the separation between us and God, it was torn from top to bottom. The presence of God was now open. Now we could come, literally come into the presence of God because of Jesus' body being torn, Jesus' body being broken. And if you have never received Jesus as Lord, if you've never repented of your sins today, believe in Jesus call on Jesus. He will forgive your sin. He will remove the barrier so that you can be up close and personal in relationship with God. Because this was one step closer to the total fulfillment of the new covenant. Can you believe that he was still about to come even closer? Closer than himself in a human body living among us. Even closer than that. He was about to come inside of us. Back to the original plan of the original tabernacle. John chapter 14 says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I'll ask the father and he'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the... Holy Spirit who leads into all truth, the world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him. (laughs) Really. And doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. And Jesus was referring to himself. I've been with you and the spirit is in me. But then he says, and later will be where? In you. (sighs) No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love him. And we, (sighs) we, referring to himself, Christ, and his father, how, he just told us how, by his spirit, we will come and make our home with each of them. see now through the holy spirit god has not just made his home with us he's made his home in us now we are god's tabernacle in which he literally lives by his spirit the fullness of the holy spirit is the fullness of the new covenant on earth Some people stop at the cross. That was the the fulfillment of the new covenant. No. That was the way to fulfill the new covenant. The new covenant is that he was going to be inside of us and he was going to literally write in our heart and in our mind his laws. That happens by the spirit of God living on the inside of us. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit living in us and baptizing us, right, with his presence is the fulfillment of the new covenant on earth. When the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, God's original plan gets restored in your life. But as Pastor Liz was saying, we don't realize it how with us he really is. We're often so unaware or under-aware. I almost said underwear. (laughs) All right, you're all back with me again. We're We're often so very little aware of this amazing reality that the God who made us to be with us, all that got interrupted because of sin, but His new covenant... Because of what Jesus did on the cross, it got rid of the barrier. And now God himself has come to live on the inside of every one of us. That's why kids say, come on, that's why kids say, do you have Jesus in your heart? When I got saved, that's what they called it. Have you asked Jesus in your heart? That's a reality. Not in your boom, boom, boom heart. The inside of you, what the Bible calls the heart or spirit. Come on, let me ask you. Is God at home with you? Is God in your house? Is God in his house? Because now the Bible says we don't belong to ourselves anymore. Not my house anymore. (laughs) He bought me. He paid off the mortgage. It's his house. Can you feel that? (sighs) Is God in his house? But, but hold on. As if the Holy Spirit's presence inside of us weren't enough, he gives another promise. Look at Matthew 18, 19 and 20. I also tell you this. If two or, or of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them who is saying this who said that who said that jesus said that that's why i'm really careful at church because you guys he's here Sometimes we're just not aware. He's in here, yes, but he's also here. (laughs) That's why we talk about and insist and teach on reverence. It's not to be religious and staunch and stuffy. It's because we really, really believe he's here. And we ought to act like it. What do you call it when people dwell together? Somebody said it. To tabernacle. And it's not... Just in this church building or any church building, literally, wherever two or more believers are gathered, that's the church. So you're not the church by yourself. You are an individual child of God, but you are not the church by yourself. We're only the church when we're gathered. Oh, Lord, that's another whole sermon, and let's just... But look what it says about the church. Ephesians 2.20. The first word says, together. We are his house. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit, okay? How is it now that God lives on the earth among everyone through his church, through us? All right, almost done. What a privilege to be a part of the church. But there is a final and permanent consummation of this coming. And even our corruptible bodies won't be in the way anymore. There won't even be the barrier of a corruptible body. I don't know about you, but sometimes this thing gets in the way. Sometimes I feel too tired to be drawn near. Sick. Annoyed. Distracted. But there's a day coming when even this not going to be in the way any longer. Can I just read a little bit to you about heaven and we'll be done? You ready? Revelation chapter 21, starting in verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. And they'll be his people. God himself will be with them. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Anything that has ever been able to get in our way, it's going to be gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, come with me and I'll show you the bride. Where's the bride, y'all? Come on, it's the church. Come with me and I'll show you the bride. The wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a high, to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. The twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl, and the main street was pure gold as clear as glass. I saw no temple in the city. Yeah. Whoo! For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need of a sun or a moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. There was no no temple in heaven, because we're going to literally be in him. (laughs) Revelation 22, Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life. Clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, it flowed down the center of the main street. Each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and the Lamb will be there. His servants will worship Him, and they will see His face. And His name will be written on their foreheads and there will be no night there no need for lamps or sun for the Lord God will shine upon them and they will reign forever and ever the only way to be with him forever and ever is to exceed to receive God with us now Emmanuel Jesus Christ the Messiah God with us when we receive God with us now then we're with him forever and ever If you're waiting to be with God in heaven, but you haven't received him now, you won't make it. But if you let him, Jesus, be with you now, then we only get nearer and nearer and nearer until the final barrier is removed, and we are for everlasting, eternally with Him, we'll see His face. See, Christmas was and is an invitation to draw near we can draw near because he came, he tabernacled among us. He made us to be with us. Emmanuel came to us and sent his spirit to be in us. And he shows up among us and everlasting nearness awaits us. Revelation 22:17 The Spirit and the bride say, "Come." It's an invitation. The Holy Spirit and the bride, the church. This is the message to the whole world. This is the gospel. Come. when Jesus encountered come follow me come but I'm really not qualified nope got that right me either I said yes to the invitation how about you Maybe this has never happened to you, but maybe you have been invited to something before and you're like, they invited me? How did I get on that list? Times infinity, that. (laughs) It's an invitation. Listen, there's no cover charge. Ticket doesn't cost anything because it already cost everything, and he paid for it. You've been gifted tickets (laughs) to come close, to come near, but not everyone comes. Listen, I'm, I'm done with this message but I, I the Holy Spirit is just insisting if you haven't come to Jesus yet, come now now the Spirit and the Bride say come let's look at that again Revelation twenty two seventeen. 17 let anyone who hears this say Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. I didn't know exactly how this was going to conclude today. But I'm just going to try to flow with what I hear the Holy Spirit saying the best I can. I want to ask for the next couple of minutes, if we could avoid distractions, getting up and down, going in and out, I'm not going to have the worship team come just yet. Because I hear, I just want to say what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. Some of you just need to come. Listen, even as I'm saying this, if you would want to get up out of your seat and walk down here, some of you just need. Some of you have never come to Jesus before. If you've never come to Jesus, today is the day to come. Come to him. The Spirit and the bride say, come. The Holy Spirit is saying right now, come. Some of you are feeling that tug in your heart that you need to come to Jesus. if you've never been born again if you've never given your life to Jesus if you've never repented of your sins and turned your heart over to him if you're not sure that you've been forgiven of your sins listen, if you're not totally sure that you have received salvation and eternal life come 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 to Jesus today I want to encourage you, maybe get on your knees. You can come out into the aisle. You can come here to the front, but come to him. This is what I also hear the Holy Spirit saying. Some of you came and then you left. Some of you started, but then you stopped. Some of us today. At one time, we're really close, we're really near, but we've grown distant, cold. And the Spirit says today, come, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. You've got to draw near. Take a step. Come on, take a step today. Don't let this just be another word you heard. Take a step. Draw near to him today. If you need to be saved come if you need to be forgiven come if you need to be free come if you've been backslidden and you need to come home come come not just come to an altar come to Jesus need to be filled with the Holy Spirit come if you want a fresh fullness of the Holy Spirit come You are here and we honor you. Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ, we honor you. I really believe you're here, Jesus. Come on, church, if we really believe He's here, He's here. Let's act accordingly. If you really believe He's here, and He is, He promised and He doesn't break promises. If you really believe Jesus Christ is here among us, let's act accordingly. thirsty all who carry heavy burdens all who are weak all who are heavy listen this is Jesus saying this today to you if you're heavy with sin if you're heavy with sin carrying around the heavy weight of sin come today Lay down your burden. Lay down your burden at the river of life. <laughs> Whew. Lay down your burden by the riverside, by the river of life. Drink freely from the water of life. Jesus. Guys, I can tangibly in my body feel the presence of Jesus here. Normally that means that there's going to be healing or miracles happening. Sometimes it just means he's letting us know (laughs) he's here. But (sighs) if you need a touch, if you need a fresh touch of the presence of Jesus, you ought to come. He's with us. He's with us. He's with us. Jesus, you're here. No greater Christmas gift than your presence. Nothing greater in this season that we celebrate your coming, Jesus, than for you to come to us with your presence. Spirit of God, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we make way for you, we make room for you. Come on, some of us just need to say, I get out of your way. Come, Lord. I get my mind and my flesh and my feelings and everything, my distractions. I just, I lay it all down. I get out of the way, Lord. Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit.